I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt. He's Brian Broaddus. I'm Cowboys Insider for 105.3 The Fan of Dallas, the radio flagship home of your Dallas Cowboys. Brian is a former Super Bowl winning NFL scout and is currently co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan of Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. That's central time, by the way, people. So if you're in the Eastern or, or Pacific time zones, adjust that accordingly so you can stream it on the Odyssey app. Uh, Brian, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Robert. We uh, we have a game that we talked about, the Cowboys-Broncos a little bit, and then we have now a different set of challenges for the football team with the work against the Chargers. So excited about that. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to this thing kicking off for real. Yeah, and it sounds like this today, uh, Cowboys start the first of two practices against the Chargers here today on Wednesday. It sounds like this is going to be an instance where uh, we're, we're going to get more work in in these practices again for the first team than in the actual game itself. Is that sort of what you're expecting? You know, absolutely. And I think the thing they did instead of uh, – instead of making it a like Denver's practice schedule last week was a Thursday, then a Friday was a mock game, mock game equals walkthrough. So I think what they're trying to do now is like, okay, let's, let's have two legitimate practices. You know, they got good work in against the Broncos. We all saw that on DallasCowboys.com for those of us around the country, around the world that were just really interested in what was going on with practice. I thought the DallasCowboys.com did a heck of a job of, of bringing you that but today you're going to have the opportunity for again another full practice and then tomorrow another full practice and then then the mock game on Friday so two really good days of work uh there in California Irvine California uh for the Cowboys but excited that they're going to get some guys back too uh Will Greer going to get an opportunity to participate in this and then I was also Bobby learned that Anthony Barr is going to start working into some more things so those are a couple names to keep an eye on as they get going today. Yeah, we got Anthony Brown coming off of Pup. Do you know to what extent we're going to see? Anthony Barr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anthony Barr coming off of Pup. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Did I say Anthony Brown? Yeah, Anthony Brown. You said Ed Brown, yeah. And I'm going to mess that up all season, I feel That's like. That's okay. Uh, no Anthony Barr, we got him coming off of Pup. Do you know to what extent you say they're going to they're gonna start working him in? 
Do you know yeah. if it's going to be kind of incremental, or do we expect, hey, he'll be in team period today? No, it's going to be incremental. Uh, you know, they because they, I asked the question yesterday of what's the status with Anthony Barr because, uh, you know, he's they were talking about a, a ramp up period of four days, and you know we're well past that four day period. So, and then the the, the text I got back, the information I got back was working him in. So that means there'll be some parts of practice. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be you know, some full team or nine on seven or stuff like that. But, you know, maybe if they do some, uh, if they do some other drills and things like that, maybe they do some one-on-ones, things like that. We might see Anthony Barr be involved. Maybe some, uh, maybe, maybe it'll be more, but the initial word was uh, that working in. So uh, we'll see how the extent of that is as we, as we go through the day. How big a deal is it? Do you think uh, to them that they're going to get Will Greer back to practice? How important is that to be able to flesh out this quarterback competition? I'll tell you what, Bobby, we've talked about this a bunch on our podcast and we've talked about it on 105.3, the fan is, there's a legitimate quarterback, uh, I almost said controversy, but it's really a competition is what it is. It's, you know, Will Greer, if they'd had the opportunity to play Will Greer in that game the other day, boy, that would have been a, a great yeah. setting uh, to be able to, for them to evaluate both their quarterbacks. Um, you know, Cooper Rush didn't look terrible, but he didn't really exude much confidence, if that's the right word, in I think the fan he looked, base. He looked well, and and he himself, I think, looked rattled at times. That pass rush was getting to him. I, I think he was he, he was a yeah. little jittery. He was a little jittery, and you know what happened. And I went back and watched the all twenty-two. Is that you know there was some stuff that was in his face, but there was a, a, some indecision as well. You know, he had guys that were running open. That I remember the first pass that they had in the game. One of the first passes they had in the game with the the third down pass to Dennis Houston. Houston runs a great route on the out, and he gets like two yards beyond the the sticks to get the first down. Protection holds up. Pocket looks nice. He just throws the ball wide. You've got to make that throw, especially when you've got a receiver that ran a good route. Reward the kid for doing his job. You're a veteran quarterback. You've got to do your job. So there were several times there where – a twist stunt got to him, ball got tipped. And, you know, there's some things that happen. But if he makes his decisions a little bit quicker, and he was like he was thrown off his back foot, too, a couple of times. It was kind of like, okay, the interception he threw, ball came out of his hand bad. You know, there were some throws that he just really didn't like. He was stepping into the throw with yeah. any kind of authority. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like that Will Greer, we, we, you know, maybe Will Greer was one of the big winners uh, when we, uh, you know, when we talked about uh, this quarterback battle, because him not playing, you know, Cooper Rush going out there and being just okay, boy, that could have been a that could have been a real turning point in this in this uh, training camp for both those quarterbacks. I was talking this morning to uh, Sean Sharif and R.J. Choppy on 105 Through the Fan, our uh, our teammates there, the morning show uh, in Dallas, who do a great job, uh, and we were talking about this quarterback competition and. The discussion came up about what the Cowboys look for in a backup quarterback. And and just I know that it depends. Like some people want a, a competent veteran as like the, the biggest thing that they're looking for. Um, I think Dallas looks for two things generally when they look for backup quarterbacks. The first is I think they want somebody who's a good student of the game who can be a good homework partner for the starting quarterback during the week. That's primary job, I think, most of the time. 
because you're not expecting him to play. You want him to be a good teacher's assistant for the coaches uh, trying to, you know, get the study done for the week with Dak Prescott and everything else. The second aspect, I think, is they look for play style more than anything else. I think they want somebody who can run as much of the playbook that Dak Prescott runs as possible. So Dak being a more mobile quarterback, Dak being able to do this and that, I don't think they want somebody as their backup quarterback who's a flat-footed pocket passer. You know, um, they want somebody who can come in there and run the style as close as possible. So to me, I, I mean, I, it remains to be seen on the the. I, I don't know who would be the better teacher's assistant if it's Cooper Rush or Will Greer. My inclination would probably be Rush. Rush has seen more football than Will Greer, and the, and that matters. Um, but I think when you talk about who can run the offense the same way Dak does, I think Will Greer has more of the physical traits that Dak does than Cooper Rush. So to me, that alone would feel like, hey, if he can perform at a, at a high level or a higher level than Cooper Rush, this seems like an easy choice to me. I'll take it a couple steps further, Bobby. I think they look for affordability as one. Yes. As another one. And I think they look for a guy that can function without many reps in practice. And that goes to your point of being ready I really like what you're saying about the ability to run the offense and not have any drop-off. You know, we did see the other day that Cooper Rush, you know, the uh, the waggles, the boots, the, you know, the passes they throw to the tight ends and stuff, that's part of their offense, the misdirection stuff that they run. That's a big part of their offense. And, you know, Cooper Rush was able to hit that. Ben DiNucci hit it a couple of times. So yeah. we know that's a big part of their offense. But uh, really affordability – and then also the ability to come in and perform with limited practice reps, I think is also very, very huge for them. Talking about this specific practice against the Chargers, just a few updates uh, from McCarthy on Tuesday. Tyron Smith expected to be back here. Does not sound like we're going to have J. Ron Curse this week. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're just taking things extra cautious with him. But knowing how they take things extra cautiously, it's encouraging to me at least that they're working Tyron Smith back in. And that this no, is very, twice, yeah, yeah, very this encouraging. Twice now during the offseason, first the lower back in OTAs and then the ankle here in training camp. It's just at least encouraging to me at least that these two things have cropped up. That's not encouraging, but that they haven't lingered or, or held him out, it seems like. It, it feels like the Cowboys are comfortable where he's at with his rehab. And so to me, that that's a, a big positive right now, especially given where the swing tackle spot is. Yeah, that's you know, they're always gonna side on the uh side of caution when it comes to Tyron Smith. We've seen that throughout his career. I will say this about Curse. Uh I was in the booth in Denver uh watching warm-ups, uh, because Dak and C D and Noah Brown and those guys were throwing uh pre-practice went through a good 20 25 minutes of work before anybody ever got out there yep but then they were also running the early group that wasn't going to play going through and they were running basically gassers if you would they would start on one end of the field and run across the sidelines and then come back uh it was it was very clear that jaron curse was not healthy running he was the the skill guy group on the defensive side, which would be the safeties, the, the 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 corners, when they were running together, he was the last guy every single time. It was almost like he was gutting it out uh, to get his work in. So he did not look like that he was very fit. So I can understand why they're holding him out this week and, and trying to get him uh, as healthy as possible for 
what's ahead with uh, Tampa here in a couple weeks. Coming into these practices, going up against a guy like Justin Herbert, going against a, a talented receiver group like the one the Chargers have, how good of a test do you think these practices could be for some of these young corners that we're still trying to figure out? Deron Bland, Deshaun Wright, and Kelvin Joseph. No, absolutely. And, that, and you just named three guys that I care the most about right now. I, I'm trying – I think if you look at where they sit, you have the top three – and then you look at, okay, who is number four, who is number five, and who is number six. All those guys are in the mix right now. If you if you would just say, going into the Denver game, I would say Nashawn Wright was number four. I think Nashawn Wright's now at number five. Yep. way Bland played, he would be number four. And then Kelvin Joseph is kind of trying to figure some things out there as the number six guy. So uh, this all could switch. This all could change. Uh, in a matter of some practices, two practices, it could change in a in a in a game on Saturday night in Los Angeles. Um, but right now, if you had me handicap them, I would say that it would be the the uh, the combination of Bland, Wright, and then Joseph would be the guys I would have. And really, super important because you mentioned it. They've they've the Chargers have got a good group of receivers. They got a big group of receivers kind of a physical group of receivers. So, you know, you hopefully will hear reports that they were able to match up pretty well. And then when they play on um, on Saturday night, we'll see what the Chargers roll out there. But these practices should be their frontline guys. Where else is this practice, do you think, uh, an area where we're going to be able to, to learn some things about this team? I, I think that when you look at problems the Chargers present – uh, I, I mean, they've got some talented guys on the offensive line. That obviously helps us figure out what this uh, defensive line is doing right now. But I think you also look at the Chargers defensive line. That's a good challenge, I think, for this Cowboys offensive line for us to figure out some things about those guys. Um, but also for this passing game, these receivers and Dak Prescott, I think going against a such a talented group in that secondary like the Chargers have, uh, I mean, they've, they've got Nasir Adderley, um, you know, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel. They've got a really talented group. I'm not sure how many of those guys are actually practicing today, but they've got a really talented group sure. there in the secondary. And so I feel like this will also be a good opportunity for this passing game uh, to to see what they're able to do in these practices. Yeah, it, it, you know, the Cowboys, once again, like to see if they could take the physical aspect. They didn't do it in the practice on Thursday. No. Didn't feel like they ran the ball with very much effectiveness, and then they got in the game, and they went after him. And you know there was there was a couple of starters in there. I mean, if you look at overall, if you want to count Tyler Smith as a starter, they probably had three. They you know with the center, Biotish, and then the right tackle, and then the left guard Smith, and they were able to run the ball with some effectiveness. I, I mentioned yeah. that, you know watching the All Twenty Two. You see hat on hat, and you see movement, and you do not see orange jerseys, or as Brad Chan would like to say, tangerine jerseys on the Dallas side of the, of the line of scrimmage. And we've seen plenty of practices where those blue Cowboys defensive jerseys were winning those matchups against their own offensive line. But I was really, really impressed with their ability to run the football. The physicality which they played I thought was impressive. The Chargers present a different type of a uh, uh, of game plan here, you know, and they, they do. They've got some linebackers that can that are good, big physical guys. They've got a defensive line that's got some stoutness to it. So, I'm looking for that 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 physicality once more from the Cowboys. 
if we start to hear, well, the running game was really non-existent, well, let's see what happens during the game. And then also, though, you mentioned the, the secondary. They've got some guys that can cover. You know, can there, – there's some guys that need to, to really step up. And, I, you know, I mean, we've kind of talked about Simi Fajoko and Noah Brown and all that. Jalen Tolbert needs to – hopefully his struggles were just nerves. Hopefully – because there were times when you watched him – he just did not look like a very confident player trying to run routes and catch the football. He yeah. just didn't. And I'm hoping that it was just that first game jitters that, uh, that, that he was experiencing in that game against Denver. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star, of course, is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, uh, one of the things we're going to learn in these practices here against the Chargers is is we're going to continue to get some clarity on this 53-man roster, Brian. I know we did this at the uh, just a little bit before training camp, kind of ran through the guys that uh, we felt like could be here. And, and let me be clear, when, I, when I'm doing this 53-man roster, I, I saw John Machado from The Athletic. He, he had an updated one the other day. And John does it very much, and I like the way John does it. John does it based off of who is on the roster, like the final cuts. It, like the actual final cuts on that first day. There's some, you know, movement around there. Like, okay, well, we're going to keep this guy on the roster and then we're going to, you know, cut. We got to keep this guy on the roster for a day so we can get him to IR and then we got to do this and that. I'm not uh, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm doing more like the final rosters and the roster we're going to see entering week one. Um, and so that's more what I'm looking at here. Uh, doing it a little bit different because – John getting all those little logistical things. He's just he's better at that than me, and I, I, I don't have that. But I've touched up my 53-man roster a little bit for you, Brian, and uh, updated it three weeks uh, later, and I'm, I'm interested to see what you think. So here we're going to run through it really quickly. First, the quarterbacks, I got them keeping two, Dak Prescott, and then I've got Will Greer. I just I don't think Cooper Rush has been very good, and I think with Will Greer coming back now and, and getting a chance to be healthy and compete, I think he's going to surpass Cooper Rush. Been told that, uh, and we've talked about this, so I'll repeat it for any new listeners we have, and we love you, by the way, for checking us out. The 
they're not going to just give Will Greer that job. Will Greer, he, he has looked good. He has looked, he's made this a competition. He has a sponsor in the building in Doug Nussmeyer. Uh, so those things will help him, but he is going to have to go out and play. And not that Cooper Rush was, Cooper Rush had some bad moments in the game the other day. I'm interested to see if Will Greer will not have bad moments in these practices or in the game when given opportunity. But uh, I like what you're doing. Um, I just feel like, though, that to me, Will Greer just appears to be – and if you said, okay, who would you like better coming out of college? I would – and I know it's several years ago. Who would you think had the most upside? I would have said Will Greer. Yeah, I mean, he went in the the third round for a reason. I know. A a thousand times over, I would have said Will Greer. Yep. So maybe this is the opportunity now for the Cowboys – to say, okay, we have a legitimate backup quarterback that talent-wise coming out we thought was a better player than the guy that we that we currently had. But you won a game, and everybody will say that. Hey, you won an important game in Minnesota with him. You know, and that's great. Yeah, that's great. But you also have a quarterback, I think, in Will Greer that has a little bit more upside and a little bit more talent to him. I got four running backs on the roster, and I included initially Ryan Nall. Ryan Nall was waived. And see, I said it at the time when I wrote about it. I said – Nall's the one I'm not confident about because he's gotten hurt, and I just don't know yeah. what kind of patience they're going to have with that. But I knew they had a plan for him beforehand. They they waved injured him the other day as part of their cutdowns, but then moved him to IR. So that was they yeah. Still, but that's they, what happens when you get the waved injured and he clears and they put him on IR. Now they're going to give him an injury settlement. Yeah. Now he's going to get paid for three games, and then they'll and then they'll he'll be off their books here in a, in a little bit. The four running backs I've got here: Elliott, Pollard, Rico Dowdle, and then I did. I'm putting Malik Davis on there. I'm doing it, Brian. I'm putting four backs because Pollard's going to. I feel like Pollard's not going to function as much of a running back this year, or it's going to be split. And so I feel like in order to have three, you're going to have to add Davis. You know, Davis has got a lot of momentum, and but. This shouldn't be surprising because I'm going to give you credit for something, Bob. When we were working on the draft, you said, hey, you need to keep an eye on this Malik Davis. They really like him. I remember because I was working through my 190 players. He was like, hey, you got to watch this kid from Florida. you got to watch this kid from Florida. He kept saying that to me. I'm like, I don't want to watch this kid from Florida. He doesn't play all the time. You're like, no, no, they really like him. I keep hearing his name a lot. And you know what? I felt like he ran the ball with some toughness. He yeah. didn't get a whole heck of a lot of chance to run the ball Florida. But when he did, you know, it was like, okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. But, man, I tell you what, I I, I appreciate the way he played. And I, that that's going to be a, a – I think that's going to be one of those spots that could go either way, Bob. I yeah, really no, do. I, the, I, I don't feel the great carry about the, it. The carry a fourth running back – that nobody in the league really thought very much of. I mean, I don't think you're going to get rid of Rico Dattle. Maybe you trade Rico Dattle if you can. Oh, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I think they got a plan for that guy. I, I and I think well, I do too. I mean, I, I do. But if if it comes down to who's the 53rd player, I wonder if Malik Davis is the 53rd player it's, on this roster. It, it would be close for sure. Uh, receiver group, I've got him keeping seven right now because uh, <laughs> one of them's a specialist, and Michael Gallup, I think, is going to be ready before the pup time runs out. I've got yeah. James Washington going to IR. He's got to be on the roster first and then can go to IR. Right. Uh, but ultimately, I think we end up with CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, Turpin as the, the return guy, 
And then I think right. the three guys who have separated themselves from this cluster of receivers are Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko, and Dennis Houston. i tell you what, uh, gosh, you know, that's another one of those spots. But you're going to have to, like you said, you're going to have to find a way. You know, Jake McQuaid, the deep snapper, long snapper, they'll probably wave him. Yeah, And first. then they'll revert back one of those things. That way allow you to keep Washington on for the one day that you have to. They'll find a veteran guy that they'll release, and then and then he'll be the vested veteran, and he'll just sign back. Yeah, McQuaid seems like a candidate for that type of a thing. I like what you did there. I think Houston. I had my doubts about Houston. I really did. There was Bland in Houston. I don't know why I had my doubts about them, but I did. I just didn't see it initially. But you watch you watch Houston run routes. There's some value to having him around. I don't think I let him get out on the street. Uh, I haven't, you know. I'm going to be real honest. I haven't seen every team. I've watched the Denver Broncos. I've watched a little bit of some of these preseason games. But if there's somebody out there better than Dennis Houston, then those pro guys will go find that guy. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And I do think that that group of guys has separated themselves from the, uh, you know, the Dontario Drummond who's been on, you know, hurt for a you long know, time. Yeah, I watched Basher, I watched Basher on the, on the kickoff return. And, you know, they want you guys to play special teams as a receiver. And his guy ended up making the tackle. Didn't really give a great effort blocking and things like that. So I think, yeah, I think. Now I will say this though, uh, our kid that uh, our kid that uh, was the uh, on special teams, uh, Curry Robinson, Roberson, yeah, or Roberson, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, he he showed up a, a couple of different times. So that that's encouraging for him that people can find him on that tape. Tight ends, I got three. I initially had four a couple weeks back. I've got Schultz, McEwen, and Ferguson. They could keep Sprinkle. I just, I, I think that, you know, I, I just don't see There's it. no need to. Yeah. There's really no need to. I mean, let me now, say now, this. Now that, now that you've seen Ferguson, I, th- I think the only reason why you would have kept Sprinkle oh, is if you thought yeah. Ferguson needed some extra time, and I think you saw he doesn't. I'll tell you what. I know they talk about McEwen quite a bit. That kid from Indiana ain't a bad player, Peyton man. Hendershot is. I'm telling you, he's he's and, he's going to follow McEwen, to me. The McEwen didn't really block all that well. Again, watch all the all 22. Yeah. I'm I'm keeping an eye on that because Hendershot is a good player. Hender, good Hender, Hendershot's going to to me. To me, he's yeah. going to follow the Blake Jarwin trajectory. They're going to. He's a undrafted free agent that they're going to put on the practice squad and eventually elevate. Man, I, if you're watching tape and you need a tight end. I don't know. Maybe I'm overselling maybe. this no, guy. Maybe. But I liked it better when I saw it with him than over McEwen. Yeah, you know, I did McEwen too. Is not, 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 not a world beater by any means. I, I agree. Uh, I got nine offensive linemen with Willetsko. You agree, but you don't have him on your – you have him on your No, team, no, I agree. Right? I, I, I said in, in my article, I said it was it's going to be tough to keep him off, and they absolutely could keep him. It's just about a numbers yeah. game. I think they feel like, hey, this is somebody we can probably get to the practice squad and sure. we need numbers elsewhere. Sure. Uh, I got nine offensive linemen with Matt Willetsko going to IR uh, to open the year. So I've got Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele – and then uh, the reserves, I've got Connor McGovern, Matt Farniak, which I've been corrected this week. It's not Farniak, it's Farniak. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Ball, and then it's tough. I, I actually think this might be a spot for a veteran that they claim or somebody else, but as oh. of now, if i got to project someone of the rest, I'm actually going to go ahead and put Alarcon on there. Mike McCarthy's talked positively about him, and he's somebody who, who does guard tackle stuff. I, I've got what, him man. over Collins. The kid played pretty well the other day, and yeah. I was thinking tackle, slow feet, 
maybe get run around a couple of times. He gets a little over the tops of his skis, as we'd like to say. But, I mean, overall, I thought he did a good job in the running game. I felt like he held up well enough in pass protection, too. So the years of him being on those practice squads helped him to where he's got to this point where we're talking about him maybe making the 53. I really wish, like I said, I feel like I'm going light carrying nine offensive linemen. I feel like I'm going light with three tight ends. I think they have to keep the number of receivers they do. But where that's hurting me is that you've got defensive line, and I've already run short on linebackers and everything else, but defensive line, I got nine. Wish I could carry ten, because the fact that I'm carrying nine, we have to cut real NFL players, Watkins, uh, Carlos Watkins, Terrell Bash, and then the one I don't feel good about at all after how he's looked is I ended out swapping out Bohanna for Tristan Hill. And so on the roster, I've got Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, John Ridgway, Oso Digizua, Chauncey Golston, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, and Demarcus Lawrence. But I think I'm going to be wrong about Bohanna. But I, I yeah, don't know you, yeah, I, I would. I watched Bohanna like in the All 22 again. That was a physical player. That I was know. a guy that was getting rid of blockers. That was a guy that was tackling people at the point of attack. He was giving you the wave of the finger, like he would, like he'd make a play and he'd wave that finger, like no, 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 not on my watch. So maybe that's uh, Malik Davis. Maybe that's Tristan where I, Hill. Maybe that's Tristan where I shouldn't Hill. have Malik Davis. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should swap I, out Malik Davis for Bohanna. That is who I'll be wrong about. I will be wrong. Bohanna will be on the roster. I just don't know where to cut, and so I just I don't know where to do it. It could. This could come down to should be that sixth corner. Probably, probably bash. Uh, probably. Basham. Well, I, I I've, I've already got Basham and Watkins off, and I oh and you took them yeah, off. Okay, and, and so I don't know, and I'm only running with five linebackers. Honestly, where you should cut it is probably corner, but we'll get to that in a sec. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, but, the defensive lines good. If they trade somebody, if they trade a a surplus piece, it could be from your defensive line. Ba- I think that's that's I think your Basham, that's your trade surplus piece. I think Basham, and then potentially a Cooper Rush could be trade surpluses. Potentially. Okay. Um, linebackers, Damone Clark starting the year on IR, and I went light. I only carried five to carry as many guys as I could. Got Micah Parsons, Leighton Vanderesh, Jabril Cox, Anthony Barr, and Devin Harper. Harper, who's been – and honestly, I think that, like, you know, there's – if they had – Jordy Jackson looked pretty good the other if, day, if just kind of running around out there. If they had better numbers, I'd like to look at guys like Story Jackson – uh, Christian Sam, Malik Jefferson. They they like Jefferson Christian had Sam. a couple plays too. But yeah, I would. Uh, Story Jackson was kind of fun to watch play. But I, you're right. You, that you're you're in, you're in a tough spot there. I, I'm making more of that than it probably is. I think they'll stash Story Jackson. I I don't know what they'll do with Christian Sam and Malik Jefferson, but it's it's just a tough story. Jackson's worth keeping on a practice. So if squad. you need an extra number, you're carrying. I've got them carrying. I'll go back to the corners. I've got them carrying five safeties. And it's because they have so many. They, they need a more free type of guy. So I've got Curse, Hooker, Wilson, obviously. Then I've got mm-hmm. Marquise Bell. That's an undrafted free agent I think is making this Bell team. didn't show up like I thought he would in not, that game the other day. Not as much, but that's somebody that Will McClay has singled out. And, oh, and, no. And I, talk, I, and, and they I think, totally respect what's going on. Is Would a surprise cut be Wilson? I don't think so, but I mean – they play with three safeties a lot, so that's the hard I thing. Can, I don't know if you can play with three safeties and only have four on the roster, especially with hookers. Coyle showed up yesterday, uh, the other day, Coyle, I mean, Coyle, and, he was, and he was a personal protector on the – so he's the second personal protector on the punt team behind Noah Brown because I was watching special teams. So Coyle, they're trying to kind of find a spot for him. Coyle wasn't, Coyle wasn't bad, but to me, 
like we've heard positive things from Joe Witt about Israel Mukwamu. Mukwamu's played some corner here in practice and carried uh, CD Lamb. Uh, he did, he did yeah. what you love. He took him on the the slot. Oh, no, you're right. Carried yeah, him to right. the opposite hash and broke up the pass. So I've got Mukwamu on this roster. So I'm already carrying five safeties. And that's when we come mm. back to the – we've got nine spots left after that. So that's six corners and three special teamers. And yeah. the corners I have are Diggs, Brown, Lewis, Bland, Wright, and then number six is Kelvin Joseph. But I'll be honest, like, if you really need a number, you should con- at least consider saying goodbye to Kelvin Joseph. I know the talent is there, but there's also all the question marks. There are a lot of question marks, but, man, that is going to be hard for them to – you know, make that call, which is uh, that, why I that, kept them on. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna think. You know what? But then again, you make that call. Maybe somebody else has the same issues that they're like. Well, you know, with, for another team, why we, you know, why are we gonna? I guarantee, you, gang of seven guys are gonna ask me, well, "What's the problem with Joseph?" Lots. And I'm like, "What?" I go, "Yeah." And then we go, "Look, what's your, what's your college notes say?" And you know, that that might be one of those those ones where all of a sudden you put him out there, and teams are not interested in in claiming him because of, of all the things you just talked a about. A lot of teams had the, had Joseph off their boards. Sure they did. And, and sure so, they did. And, so, yeah. and, and they're going to – and if they if Dallas releases him, they're all going to go, oh, yeah, told you so. Yep, they, told yeah, we you got so. it. Uh, what do you have – CJ? you have C.J. Goodwin on this team? I don't because I think Nashawn Wright is that guy for them now. They they really think you know Nashawn what? Wright's a good – It's teammate. funny you say that because C.J. Goodwin has always been a special teams guy – Smart, heady, all those things you want to talk about. Guy can't run. No. He can't run. I mean, there was a ball that went to his side that he looked like he was running in mud trying to get to the ball. And I I think I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I could keep a guy just on special teams that that doesn't play. The ball got to the outside, and he just couldn't get there. He couldn't close any ground. I get it. You're smart, you're tough, you know, but you know, you have a, the coach's blessing. Uh, that was a tough one for me to watch the other day. Yeah, and I think that, uh, look, I mean, his time speed was not bad coming out of school, but it's just a matter of – He was slow the other day Yeah, watch the All-22. No, no, the, it does the, it, the time speed is good. The play speed is not as good. It doesn't – Not like good now, no. Right. no. Uh, and then quickly here, just to finish things up, uh, the special teamers, obviously, you've got McQuaid, Brian Anger, and then I've got Maher because it just it feels like they're trying to do anything they can to get a power leg here. So I, I'm and Hyrulah who missed in Denver the other day. So I'm going to ultimately go Maher for the the kicker spot. Yeah, we'll see about that. The, the, this kicker, the kicker might not be on this roster right now. That's another thing to consider entirely. Uh, all right, you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. 
get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, we are now going to turn it over to you, our dear listeners, for the Twitter mailbag segment. If you ever have any questions, you can send them uh, to Brian or I on Twitter, at BobbyBeltCX and at Brian Broadus. First question here, uh, Brian, from Stephen Adams. He says, do you guys think they bring in Cameron Dicker, who was just released, uh, to compete with the two they already have or just go with the two already here? Uh, he also wants to know if we think long snapper is a, se- a sneaky need since it doesn't seem like McQuaid has been great in camp. I haven't noticed any big issues with Jake McQuaid. Um, you know, it's it's long snappers. Somebody's listening to me do broadcast. Now, see, you're the big mm-hmm. long snapper. Yeah, no, no. So, so, so this, thoughts on McQuaid and if you would consider Cameron Dicker. I don't know that they'd consider Cameron Dicker because I didn't. They didn't seem super high on him during the draft process. They did not. They did not. And if I'm correct, Cameron Dicker for the Rams was working as a punter, right? So maybe they were – maybe that's was what doing, they were yeah, trying to do. Yeah, he was doing do. some different things. He was, like, doubling up the same way that they had uh, – the, sure. the Cowboys had not, uh, Hunter Nice wanted to do for a little bit. There you go. Okay, with that being the case, I think that maybe when you get back uh, – when you get back to Dallas next Monday – Maybe that'll be a better opportunity to bring guys in, and and I, I think this week they're going to see what they have with the two uh, kickers. And if you don't get the feeling that it's going the right direction, maybe you have a kicking derby uh, once everybody gets back into town. That that would be something there, or you keep an eye on what's going on around the league with some of these teams that have backup kickers as well. Um, the thing about McQuaid, I had. Two people in the organization said, "Listen, uh, you know, with with the problems that they had uh, earlier with, you know, the rookie kicker that that it maybe wasn't all him. That if you watch McQuaid's snaps, even the punt snaps, or you know, having to make Brian Anger work a little bit high, a little to the sides. That, I mean, they had one tipped the other day, just but that was bad, poor, excuse me, poor blocking." But the, there were some people that were hinting around that that maybe, you know, that, that, that you need to keep an eye on what's going on at the snapper. It's just not as consistent as it needs to be. Next question here uh, from our, our dear listener at I got soul underscore. Uh, it says, are there any reasons for optimism regarding Kellen Moore fixing the issues he faced down the stretch last year coming into this season? So here's the issue with Kellen Moore that has been consistent, I think, the first three years that he's been here calling plays. The first several weeks of the season are usually very dynamic in the passing game. Uh, The offense gets rolling, and I know in 2020, Dak got hurt in week five, but things seem to take a downward trajectory about halfway through the season. Things get a lot more conservative. Uh, You know, teams start to, it seems like, pick up on his tendencies. So to me, it would just be a matter of, is he going to remain consistent? Is it, it feels almost like he, he starts to try and outsmart himself a little bit as the season goes on and, and things become too conservative, things tighten up on him a little bit. Um, I, I will say one of the things I know we've talked about here, it does look like there's maybe some different route concepts that they've been working on here in training camp than they've had in the offense in recent years. And they are clearly trying to do some different things with Kevontae Turpin and Tony Pollard out here at these practices. But, Brian, uh, any optimism for either new wrinkles and or uh, the idea that Kellen can remain consistent into the second half of the season? One thing we haven't seen is the ball going down the field very much. No. 
Yeah. We, we, you know, now there's been some practices where there's been a few deep balls, but for the most part, things have been underneath intermediate. You know, we've seen that in the uh, in the Denver game the other day. Uh, Danucci hit one that was big, but really haven't seen the ball going down a whole heck of a lot. Not like watching the 49ers the other night throw the ball with Trey Lance down the field. Kind of feel like that uh, you know, with Kellen Moore. I just wonder if he is going to get help. Is Mike McCarthy going to help this year? Is Mike McCarthy making suggestions? Is Mike McCarthy or is Mike McCarthy saying, hey, listen, you kind of figure this thing out and we'll go from there. That's my only my only concern because I think Mike could help him. There's people within the organization that say, listen, Kellen is extremely young, but we can't use that anymore I mean this is you know this is a guy that has called plays it's not like he's a first year first time play caller so my confidence in him is and and I I hate I don't want to ride a fence about this guy but I feel like that some of Dak's deficiencies and some of CeeDee Lamb's deficiencies and some of Tony Pollard's deficiencies are on his shoulders or on Kellen Moore's shoulder until and until I see otherwise, completely otherwise, I'm going to have my concerns about Kellen Moore as a primary play caller. Do you think uh, – I think a lot of people view Kellen Moore as the modern offensive coordinator or did at one point where it was like, oh, a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of motion at the snap, trying to push things vertically down the field. We've talked about this in recent weeks that it feels to me uh, – a big influence on Kellen Moore was Scott Linehan. Um, and Scott Linehan, but I, I don't know that I see a ton of Scott Linehan and things that he calls because Scott Linehan was a big proponent of single back offense. Um, that, that doesn't seem to be as much of what Kellen Moore's doing. What Kellen Moore's concept seemed to come from, I don't know about you, Brian, feels very 90s West Coast offense passing concepts. A lot of, you know, quick, accurate slants, ends, crossing routes. That seems to be more of what Kellen Moore wants to run instead of things, you know, routes seven, eight, nine on, on, on the right. on the route tree. Yeah, it's at times it's puzzling that he was so good for eight weeks, but then you look at the health of his runner, you look at the health of his offensive line, you look at the health of his quarterback. He went from being a guy that we all talked about as boy, this guy's the 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 real whiz kid and when these jobs start to open up, you know, we're going to lose Kellen Moore. By the end of it, you were like going, well, if Kellen Moore gets a job somewhere else, let him interview at Jacksonville or any of these other college jobs, whatever. Everybody was going to be okay with that. I'm, I'm willing to give him this opportunity. But if I see that it's – if it doesn't work, then we're going to have a whole new coaching staff. And it could be Dan Quinn or Sean Payton or somebody – but then they're going to have to change the offense and stuff. And then if, then the evaluation becomes about Dak Prescott, you know, who had, will then have two more years on his contract. Yeah. You know, that, that's, where, that's where I think we're at right now. If the offense struggles and fails, and they're the reason why the team is, say, nine and eight and doesn't make the playoffs, then you're going to see and, – and, and I say that nine and eight with everybody being healthy, not a catastrophic injury to somebody that, you know, your yeah. quarterback or whoever. Um, but if Kellen Moore in this offense doesn't do their part and Dan Quinn and their then the defense does their part, 
we're going to see somebody else as the offensive coordinator next year. Randy Pugh is asking, at what point or at what threshold does the benefit of Tyron Smith's talent become outweighed by the inconsistency of his availability? I think that's a question the Cowboys have really struggled with the last two years. Yeah, he's one of the cheapest premier left tackles in the league. He does not cost you a whole lot of money. And so what you're getting is you're getting a a high-level player when healthy, but you're also getting a liability when not. And that's the whole thing about – and let's let's be honest with folks out there, Bob. I haven't seen Tyler Smith play one rep at left tackle yet, and they talk about him as a left side player. I have yet to see him take one snap. Now I did an OTAs in mini camps, but I think you brought up the fact that he might be just too good at guard not to not to mess with right now. That maybe they're like, listen, learn this position, and we'll figure out the tackle stuff. Yeah, I mean, but, he's the ta- he's the left tackle of the future, I believe. Right. So, so I mean, I think they are still. When you ask about at what point do the Cowboys deal, I think they already are. They are dealing with it right now, and, and they're trying yeah. to to get in front of it with the Tyler Smith selection. Um, I, yeah, it, I just this, think this, that this Tyron very- Smith, you're gonna you're gonna just you're going to bite the bullet here, and you know that he's going to play twelve or thirteen games. That's what you know. But he is. You look at what happened with uh, you know once again he's NFL top one hundred. Uh, if you look at the tackle salaries, he's one of the most inexpensive tackles, but he's also the one that's the least available. Yeah, and those those are all issues that you can't uh, you know can't turn a blind eye to. You have to be able to address those. And I think right now I'm willing to to say let's see how it goes for 12 or 13 games because I know that's what I'm going to get. And, and uh, look, I think that this is very possible. That this is Tyron Smith. He's already season. tweaked his ankle. You know what I'm saying? It's already, it's already, back. we're already happening. You know, it's yeah. just you know, he's, you know, it's going to happen. He's had the back issue. He's had the ankle sure. issue. Um, sure. And so this is this is to me very possible. This is the last year Tyler Tyron Smith is here. Um, and sure. so that, that's something that I think they are in the process of of preparing for. Uh, Dean Julia twelve on Twitter says, "Who are some guys you think the Cowboys can't afford to try to get to the practice squad that might get poached when cutdowns roll around?" I think for you, we always we always overrate. This. I, I know, but this I think is, that guy for you right now is Peyton Hendershot. I, yeah, because what I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. I mean, there was a good list of tight ends. I, I know that I worked through a ton of. It seemed like they were all six, seven, you know, in height. And yeah, it was just a good list, and I was surprised because you were telling me once again, you're like, "Hey, this Hendershot kid, they really love him," and I'm like, you know, he wasn't one of the guys I evaluated in the 190 players I did. But I should have, and I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. Um, you know, uh, could could because um, the way the practice squad rules are different now, you can kind of get some veteran guys on there. It used to be it just was kind of a young guy list. I wonder about some of these linebackers. I wonder if they tried to get cute. I wonder if they tried to get cute uh, with Harper? our with, with a, like with Devin Harper. That I would be a risk, they, I think. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they try and get cute with one of these offensive linemen. You know, when we, when, and I mean, like the, well, let's go or ball or something like that. I mean, maybe they they say, okay, well, we, we feel like we can get, you know, better here and we'll just swap one of these guys out. Um, the wide receivers, I don't particularly worry about. I just don't. I don't yeah. worry. I worry about the tight end, one of these offensive linemen, maybe. Um, you know, I, 
but the defense, you know, they're going to release a veteran. They're going to release a, probably a veteran defensive lineman. The linebacker I mentioned, Devin, uh, is a possibility there. Is like I don't think you want to get too cute there. Mukwamu might be one. Mukwamu might be one. What if they? What if they? What if Bell doesn't? What if Bell doesn't show yeah, up? Yeah, and as I think, well? but I, th- I think that one is also a risk. I, I think Bell would be a yeah. risk. Look, if you want to talk about the guys that were undrafted free agents that they could potentially get cute with, but that Will McClay has highlighted. It was yeah. Mika Tafua, Peyton yeah. Hendershot. Um, I think Hendershot and Bell. Tafua, you know, I, I can, I'm okay with I think, no, they'll, sure. the, I think, the, I don't think Tafua is making it, but I think he's a sneaky consideration given the fact sure. that Will McClay spoke so highly of him. Uh, next question here from uh, at big underscore squeak says, after some solid rookie performances by this draft class in the first preseason game, do you anticipate the entire draft class making the roster? So let's think about who those names were. Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, uh, John Ridgway, Damone Clark, Deron Bland, and Devin Harper, as well as uh, Matt Wiletsko. And so I think when you look at that group, uh, Wiletsko and... uh, uh, goodness, who's the other one I, I just missed? Uh, well, let's go. I think it is a candidate Harper. potentially end up on IR. Um, yeah. And, and Damone Clark. Damone Clark and, and Will Etzko are probably going to be injury stashes for yeah. now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the only question I think really would be Harper, and I think Harper's on this team. Yeah, it, it, depending on how you the linebacker situation shakes out, he's the one guy that I would keep around. I'd keep him around over Luke Gifford if if you said give me one or the other. Yeah, kind of know what Luke Gifford is, you know, and I, I'm so I'm like, oh, I'm okay. So I'm I give me the guys that can run Harper, you know, you know, our, my guy from LSU Cox. Give me those guys that can run and 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 make plays that way. So I'm a. Uh, I'm, I'm more likely to, to, to keep those guys around than anybody else. Not only uh, can Harper run, uh, he also, in that first preseason game, he was green dot guy. So they were trusting yep. him with the communication. They, they think he's bright up. enough to handle that. Yep. Absolutely. All right, well, that will do it uh, today for Brian and I. We'll, we'll have some more takeaways later this week following these practices. Uh, there will be a lot to talk about as we get closer to cut down day, the Chargers game coming up, and then just one more preseason game after that against the Seahawks. We'll talk to you guys again later this week. 